So we're back this week. It is uh, number three in our three-part series. We started to talk, started out talking about looking good. Then we got into a little bit more about health and what it means to optimize that. And today we're going to talk about competition. Okay. And first, before we dig into what it means to compete, we're going to we're going to clarify what our definition of competition is. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of people look at competition and they think, okay, well what used to be regionals is now a sanctional and then they go into well games that's that's competing not really that's not, not what we're talking not about. what we're talking about that's not what we're talking about today we're not talking about going games because no one in this gym has gone to the games except for well regional level athlete would be um yeah, our boy cameron cameron he did so he'd be a great person to sit down and talk to that was back in the day um however what we're talking about is like optimizing the open so a lot of people come in and they're they're competitive season per se that you could say is the open right the open it was this year in uh february march and now it's going to be in october this year so how to optimize your performance or get better at all the things that you didn't do good at for the open and another uh, a tier below that then would be also leaderboard hunting so yeah so say if, if you're the kind of person that looks at the leaderboard every day to see what other scores have been put up or to see how you how you rank i would throw you in the competitive category oh absolutely you're no longer purely focused on just looking good or trying to be healthy you're literally trying to beat people yeah <laughs> which which is fine which is good yeah that means you're going to go harder you're going to yeah. i mean you're going to do yeah you got to do but you got to do specific things in order to get there right okay so which we're going to dig into right now so where what does where does someone start so i guess first of all we talked we we're talking in a second ago about knowing numbers yeah how do you know if you're if you are trying to compete like what would be what's your like so so for me it's do you know your friend time yeah do you, do you know your fight gone bad score? Yeah. What's your clean and jerk? That's not like a. If, what is it? What do you mean? What's my if clean and jerk? You don't know those things. Yeah. Keep working on your skills, working on your movement, coming to class, making it consistent. Let's talk in a couple of years. Yeah. But if I say, yeah, like you said, if you know, hey, what's your friend time or what's, hey, what's your four hundred? Well, what's ago your? I did it this. Six months ago, I did it this. Yeah. Okay. Then we're 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 speaking the same language then, and we're getting ready to move forward, right? right? Versus not knowing what a specific workout is or what a yeah. Olympic left is there's a reason we did this this part last yeah i, I don't think we're, we're talking to the smallest group mm -hmm. and we're also really not encouraging more people to do that like i don't want to push you to compete no it's 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 are you checking these boxes do you know your do you know your basic benchmarks and do you have a number that you're going for and if you have a number that you're that you have pointed out in your head now we can maybe now we can maybe work together to get to it. yeah the stars can align and then we can start working in a, a, in a direction that you want to get to okay so where does that start so we're talking so, about single modality weakness. yeah so like uh so say you you look at a workout and this is just a, a good example that i wrote up there on the board is 19.5 right there's 105 total chest bar pull-ups and 105 total thrusters right now say you you didn't complete the workout right and you're like oh i really want to complete the workout can you even do 105 chest bar pull-ups in a sitting, right? Without like, sure, there's going to be breaks in there, but say you took 20 minutes, could you do 105 chest bar pull-ups? And if the answer is like, man, I don't know, because I was reaching failure on a lot of those, well, then you can't even complete the workout as it is RX. What about the thrusters yet? Yeah. Now, that's not necessarily a problem, but there's going to be some specific things that you can do to actually work on those chest bar pull-ups, right? So, and these can just be thrown as at finishers at the end of a, end of a, a, end of a Metcon, or at the end of, in the middle of whenever you're doing, end of a workout, whatever it may be. But you're not going to get necessarily better, in my opinion, at chest-to-bar pull-ups by doing singles in a workout. 
Correct. So say you have Fran, chest of our Fran. You're not going to get worse. You're not going to get worse, but you're not going to get, get over that hump. No, it's not going to get you over the hump because you're never doing a higher volume no. of reps. So one of the I went to you know the aerobic capacity course with Chris Hinshaw, and one of the things that he talked about for. Um, he did it for push-ups was a 1248. So the 12 seconds of push-ups roll over on your back and then do, you know, 48 seconds of air push-ups. Right. So I just took that same principle and I applied it to every gymnastics move that I could possibly think of. Right. So toes to bar, same rules of handstand push-ups, uh, pull-ups. So for pull-ups, uh, start off 1248. So you're going as many, as fast pull-ups as you can get done in 12 seconds. And then I like to either go on the skier and try and mimic the same exact form. I'll even get on my knees and I'll like literally do like a, a fake butterfly uh, on a, on a skier, or you can grab like a really skinny band with a PVC pipe and do strict pull-ups on down. Really skinny band, like super. Yeah, like it should it should be recovery, right? And then once you reach, so you'll notice it's kind of a sneaky way to get volume in, yeah. right? So say you can get the full twelve seconds, you go unbroken for the entire five minutes. Six to eight reps, or yeah. When you're doing butterfly, it's going to be about ten to ten, twelve. Ten, right, right. ten to twelve, right? Once you go unbroken through that five. Five times 12 is what? 60. That's 60 pull-ups in five minutes. And you're like, oh, I didn't even realize that I was doing it. You get 48 seconds of recovery. Once you do that, then step it up to 1545. Once you can get 15 seconds on broken pull-ups, then move on to the next tier, 1743. And then once you can do 20 seconds on broken pull-ups with 40 seconds of rest for five minutes straight, you're looking at 100 plus pull-ups there. Five minutes. In five minutes, right? right? Now you start moving into chest bar, right? So then I start back over, go to the 12 seconds, 12 seconds chest bar. When you do the PVC pipe, come all the way down, touch your chest to the bar, full range of motion. And it's just a little stair step, but you have to be willing to throw those in. It's literally five minutes and you don't recognize the volume as you're consistently adding it in. But the principle behind that is it's a sprint and jog. So you're sprinting and then you're teaching your body to recover using the same exact motor, motor patterns, right? It's the same thing that you do on a, on a track. So anybody that's done a sprint 200, run around the, the curves, sprint, you know, no, sprint 100, run around the curves, sprint 100, run around the curves. It's the same principle. You're teaching your body to recover doing the same movement, right? So that's, that's one thing that I like to do, especially for gymnastics. And that's just one variable. So that's like looking at, go ahead. I was going to say, where does a person start? How do they know? I think it, it starts with identifying the weaknesses. So you've identified yeah. pull-ups. Pull-ups, handstand push-ups, yeah. So how does how does one go about identifying what their weaknesses are? So good thing to do would just be look at the open, right? Because we're talking about the open, right? Yeah. Yeah. What was the what was your what was the thing that just absolutely got you the most? So if you look at the leaderboard and it shows you your your percentiles as you go. So like, okay, top five thousand, top five thousand, twenty six thousand. Okay, let's start looking right there. And then dig into that workout. And then dig into that workout. Yeah. So like nineteen point three. Handstand push-ups, right? I know for a fact handstand push-ups are weakness. I worked on them. They threw in strict, right? Completely different story for me. I need to work on strict now. Right. Right? And so I looked at that, and then I went, you know, 20-something thousand, back down to eight, back down to eight. So, okay, that's your glaring weakness that you need to work on as it relates to the open. So then you just pick that workout apart and then say, all right, hey, what could I have gotten better? And then so that's number one. And then say if you want to pick your top three, 
right? So that workout. What workout is the next least on the list according to everybody else? Well, you t- so if you take a weakness and you find out what your weakness is. So my, you know, mine was strength. So I'm just trying to focus really simply on just doing strength work every week. Yeah. I don't, you know, I'm just following our programming. Yeah. And I'm just trying to do the strength work each week. So then um, how, when do I decide or when do I move on to the next week? So also looking at... At the end of the day, you don't have one. You no, you have multitude. Many. Yeah, and that's that's the fun thing about the entire week. You're not going to work on your squat clean every single day. Correct. Not going to happen. Correct. Yeah. And so now you have a squat clean one day, you have gymnastics the one day. The fun thing with the gymnastics one is you can really apply all the movements from CrossFit as a finisher with those five minutes sure, every day. So toes to bar, handstand push-ups, um, kipping pull-ups, like chest to bar pull-ups, and then uh, muscle-ups. Right. right. You can apply that and just do those every week. You can do air squats. You can even do air, well, and pistols, right? I'm trying to include pistols just in case. Uh, but you can include those every day, and then the strength work is just going to vary, you know, throughout the workout maybe you start with the strength or you start with yeah squat or deadlift work on the clean work on the technique of the clean work on the technique of the snatch get comfortable with an overhead squat um, and vary it up as as much as you can does that make sense and then once you're so magic to it no not well consistency is the magic to it but then once you get to the point where okay so if we're looking at 19.2 and that third clean weight is 275. Clean, yep. Yeah, the third clean weight is 275. Well, can you s- squat clean 275? What? Wasn't it 135, 185? 185, 225. Okay, fine. So that's what I was looking at, the 275. Can I even clean 275 for fresh. eight reps fresh? Not that many reps fresh. Could I do it one time? Yeah, per, yeah, but not the not the for the reps, Volume, right? After all those toasted bar. And- yeah, and one thing you got to look at as it relates to those numbers and percentages. What percentage of those numbers is your one rep max? So say your one rep max is the lower. T- the percentage, the the better you're going to do. Yeah. So say nine or one thirty five is only twenty percent of your one rep max clean. That's going to be really easy. Okay. Yeah. Say 225 is 90% of your one rep max clean. You are going to be on a struggle bus. So you have to build your one rep max up higher enough to be able to move it. I mean, bring these percentages down lower. Now, something you can do with that is, you know, do a max effort day on Monday and Tuesday or Monday and Wednesday. And then you can do something with a repetition method on, on Thursday and Friday because you don't want to lose the ability to move weight consistently. Yeah, I think what you're, what you're pointing out is, is a, that's a quick way to find out what your low-hanging fruit is. It's, yeah. It's your snatch. Say a, a snatch weight that comes up, you know, ladies would be 95 pounds, guys would be 135. Can you, if you can only snatch 155, that's you're eight. trying to do 135 30 times, like let's move that needle. Let's not worry about your conditioning. Yeah. You know, and then that's where I think also have like the competitive mindset of like letting go of some things because mm-hmm. you can get them back quickly. Yeah. You know, like if you're good at whatever it might be, you feel pretty good on the rower. You don't need to, you, you've got an engine, you don't need to build that. But, and I might be talking about myself, I need to build, build that snatch up number up. So it's a, it's a lower percentage of my overall. So I think that's a, maybe like with a pen and paper, I think you come back at least what I think is write them down, look at your percentiles in each workout, you know, 19.1 through 19.5. Yeah. And then, and then note why you fell into that certain percentile in each workout and, and then do the math of where your numbers need to get to. Yeah. I, I like, I like to think of it like a bridge. Like, so if my snatch is X today, it needs to be X plus 30. Yeah. 
draw, write that down, and then give you what's when by when. Yeah. You know, so if you're if and then come up with a plan for it, and right, then so if your pull-up game isn't on point, and you can only do fifty uh, chest-to-bar pull-ups in in that time span. Well, now your goal is one hundred, mm-hmm. one hundred five, and you have you know these many months to to get there. And then here's your plan. On Mondays, I'm going to do this. Yeah. Now, what I'd like to throw in there is like when you're going towards, say you're throwing these things now into a daily workout, right? Well, you're not going. You want to do what you're trying to search for in the stimulus of the workout. Right. So we kind of talked about this a little bit ago. Now, say uh, in 19.5 is, the you know, the 105, the thrusters and the chest bar pull ups. You're not at that chest bar pull up yet. Well, how do you achieve the same stimulus that I'm going to get from the workout that you need to be able to get from the workout? Well, you're going to cut the weight down. Right. And you're going to do a kipping pull up instead of a chest bar pull up. Right. right? Now we're searching for a stimulus. You're trying to train the train the stimulus. It doesn't matter. You're not going to help yourself by doing single chest bar pull ups. You're not going to get better at volume chest bar pull ups by doing single chest bar pull ups. Extending the the time cap to 50 minutes. 50 minutes. It's not going to make you better. Now, bringing that bringing that down. Like say, okay, I want to finish in 15 minutes. What do you need to do to make it done in 15 minutes? I don't look at that so much as scaling. I look at it doing the workout as it's intended. It's equal in intensity. I'm not going to do – I've seen the workouts from What's Rich Doing. I'm not going to do the same workouts that he's going to do. I'm not at that level. So you just take what you can do to achieve the same stimulus that that person is looking for and then go after and get it. Yeah, I think, I think scaling gets a bad rap or, or, uh, or tailoring the workout to, to what your needs are because it's assumed that it's being made easier. Yeah. Well, when, and when in reality, it's making it harder. Oh my gosh! Yeah. If you if you adjust the workout accordingly, you, it's going to be very very challenging, very hard. Some days you might need to scale down and make it easier. That's a different story. We're not having that conversation. We're talking about scaling up to match the intensity, so you're getting the desired stimulus of of how the workout was. Yeah, because you're you're really we call it metabolic. You know, metcon stands for metabolic conditioning. You're training specific metabolic pathways, and you're trying to induce a stress stimuli to it. And if you don't do that, then you're not reaching the intended stress that you're not getting the stress that you're trying to add to it. So I think the biggest thing that I always say is like, or that I'm trying to do for myself to get better is I pick my weaknesses as much as I hate working on them. And then I separate them out from workouts and I don't do them in workouts. So I'm not going to do. So a good example, Diane, right? Handstand pushups and deadlifts. I can do the deadlift all day long. Handstand pushups is not, it's not in my wheelhouse. Now, regular handstand pushups are now that I've worked on them. I can now RX Diane. Right appropriately right and make it but it's been seven years right so if you think about it like that no now could i do diane and take 20 minutes to get it done yes done it is that what is that going to make me better at diane i don't in my better at diane (laughs) no in my personal opinion i don't believe so what made me better at diane is taking handstand push-ups out of it working on handstand push-ups and then now that i'm at a level that i can complete 45 handstand push-ups in under five minutes now i can come in and introduce it back into diane and do the workout again the way it's meant to be so we kind of covered you know weaknesses the the other the other bit of uh, being competitive that I, i try to wrap on people's heads is can you handle 
handle the training. Mm-hmm. What I mean by that is, can you recover from it? Yeah, you can only train as hard as you can uh, recover, right? The same rules apply for, you can only accelerate as fast as you can safely decelerate. So if your body won't let you slow down, it won't let you go any faster. Mm-hmm. Same rules apply with... Eventually fall off. Yeah, and that same rule exactly applies to, you cannot go any faster if your body won't let you go faster. And that fatigue, as it builds up, if it continually builds up, you're going to get to the point where you start slowing back down and then you're not reaching this intended stimulus again. So you have to be able to, if you're not sleeping eight, 10 hours and yeah, eight plus hours a night. Let's rethink our goals. Yes. Being competitive is probably not ideal because you're going to bust yourself. Yeah. You're, you're not going to be able to recover fast enough. Same thing goes with nutrition. If you are not dialed in. And this is if you're over 24 years old or 25. Yeah. If you're under 25, you can get by with a lot of stuff. Yeah. Uh, but you could still optimize everything a lot better. Way better. Way better. Like food is your fuel for the workout. Of all the hormones pumping through your system and, um, and, and take really good care of yourself. So are you conscious of what you're eating? Are you limiting alcohol? Mm-hmm. limiting or eliminating alcohol and or, or do you do you pick certain times of the year to, to cut alcohol out so maybe you are getting ready for the open and you you cut it out for two or three months ahead of time maybe, you know maybe that's that's your competitive mindset maybe you just quit alcohol once the open starts yeah you know, but uh, that's another consideration and um, you know we're talking about dedicated mobility work so if you're going to be lifting heavier consistently and doing extra accessory work you need to be doing some soft tissue work. Like you need to be taking your lacrosse ball that we've given everybody in the gym and actually using it as a tool, not a toy for your dog. Right. right? So like smashing out the quads, sma- like smashing everything out and just like loosening up uh, everything that you've worked so hard to build so that you can use it again. Yeah, so right. And get in, yeah, handle more training, get into those positions that need to be getting into. I don't think people realize the amount of stuff that like the big time athletes, the amount of body work and stuff that they get done, the amount of time they spend on their nutrition, their recovery. Like you can literally only go as hard as you can. And that doesn't look cool on Instagram. We no. About that before we started. It's not, you know, recovery doesn't look cool, but you can't take a photo of your nine hour, nine or 10 hours of sleep. No. But you can, you can, you can videotape what your workout was. Yeah. A 10 second one rep max PR. Like you can, you can do all that. Yeah, so uh, you know, I think if you're if you're thinking uh, if you're thinking about being competitive, if you want to be more competitive, that's that's our like kind of short list is you know take really good care of your body, you know going you know work, working on mobility, eat, eat, eating the right food, you know sleeping like crazy, sleeping like you're getting paid to sleep. Yeah, and um, you know the, the training is pick out your weaknesses and go to work on on just killing them. Yeah, and if you need help with them, reach out to people who can help you. Right, like if you. And like you said in the beginning, competitive doesn't just mean games level. Competitive means leaderboarding. It can mean, you know, you just want to be, hey, I want to get way better at the Open next year. And I think, you know, to me, it's a natural progression in a, in a sense. Like once you get the body composition that you want. So, like, I'm not chasing a figure so much anymore. Yeah. I know my figure gets better if I... Uh, if I chase numbers, you know what I mean. Like if I, I try, if I try to get stronger and faster, my figure takes takes shape. Yeah. 
so it's it's you chase the performance versus the figure, and correct. figure follows performance. Yeah, and 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 so, but but for me, that that's because I got to a certain point where I felt comfortable with my body that I, that wasn't the goal anymore. Mm-hmm. Now I kind of I busted through. I'm like, all right, what what's possible? So I think you know, c- competition helps at least from my standpoint helps me kind of discover what I'm capable of. Yeah, which is exciting because then it then it keeps the ball rolling. Um, you know, opening up new possibilities. And, uh, you know, winning the Open down and over is, is one of those distant possibilities Yep. if I follow Jeremy's guidance. Yeah. I mean, you haven't even asked for any guidance yet. So I'm just going to tell you, you should probably row a lot more. Just keep on rowing. I'm going to just work on my car. Just work on your rowing and probably just run. Enough, right? Yeah, you're fine. Totally. You're good. Okay, yeah. So, so that, that's our advice for being competitive. Thank you guys for uh, for joining us. It was, it was fun to go over, you know, what it, what it I mean, you'll see a lot of overlap from you know aesthetics to health to competition but there's just different focuses and i think it's really important for you to just take a step back and kind of figure out where you are uh, on the spectrum and then um, you know let us know what we can do to help you see you next week